Welcome to Tardi Mechanach Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Adina Schmidman. Please join me at the Zoom Seum for Sefer Yehoshua on Tuesday, February 27th at 12 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Israel time. Rivi Franco will be joining us, giving us a virtual tour of the land of Israel during the time of Yehoshua. Please sign up at ouwomen.org slash seum. And now for today's Perek, Sefer Yehoshua, Perek Chav Gimel 23. Yesterday, we learned about the poignant departure of the two and a half Shvatim to the other side of the Yardin. The massive Mizbeach built with the intention of reminding themselves and their brothers in the land of Israel of their joint mission nearly triggered a civil war. With careful and clear communication, tensions were calmed and positions clarified. Today and tomorrow, we will hear Yehoshua's parting words to the people as his leadership draws to a close. He addresses the people, evoking memories of Moshe Rabbeinu's closing remarks in the desert. He offers the people and the leaders encouragement, tempered by a somber view of reality, of still unconquered lands fraught with dangers of Avodah While the military threat may have passed, the moral and religious threats still remain so long as the Knanim are in the land. The parak opens with a description of Yahushua becoming old, well on in years. It's not only Yahushua who is growing old. Those who cross the Yardane with him are aging as well. Those who saw the miracles in the Midbar and Kibush Haaretz are now the older generation, and there is a new generation that has grown up in the land of Israel. They see life in the land as natural and the norm. There are still leaders from the last generation, but now it is time to prepare the people for the day after. What will happen when he is no longer there to lead the people? A strong leader prepares his people for departure, sharing his vision and direction for the future. It is interesting to note that Yehoshua, unlike Moshe, does not appoint a successor as his death approaches. Perhaps he was waiting for Hashem to guide him to this person? Maybe he felt it was not as critical now that they had arrived in the land. It could be that he anticipated the advent of the kingship now that they had settled the land. Pasuk Aleph 1 and it was many days after Hashem had given rest to Yisrael from all its surrounding enemies that Yahushua was old and well advanced in years. Pasuk Beis 2 Vayikra Yahushua l'chol Yisrael l'zkenav u'lirashav u'lishovtav u'lishotrav and Yahushua called all Israel, its elders, its leaders, its judges, and its marshals, and said to them, I am old and advanced in years. According to the Rabag, Skenav are the Sanhedrin, Rashav are the heads of the Shvatim, Shovtav v'Shotrav were the leaders of each city. Note that we do not know the location of the gathering. According to most commentaries, this gathering was the nation and the leaders, while the Ralbag understands that this assembly was just for the leaders. 
What did he say to them? He was transparent and direct, saying explicitly, Anizakanti basi bayamim. I have aged and am well on in years. Yoshua is now 110 years old, having entered the land at 82. 14 years were spent conquering the land, and the people have now experienced 14 years of quiet. In total, they have been in the land of Israel for 28 years. According to the Barbanel, he had aged due to the stress of war. The Mayam Lois points out that while Hashem had promised Yoshua that he would be with him like he was with Moshe, implying that he would live 120 years with vigor and vitality, Yoshua did not see this bracha fulfilled. As he had prolonged the conquest of the land, with the rationale that the people would remain faithful so long as he was alive, as we learned in Parakir Aleph, he shouldn't have delayed and therefore lived until 110 in a more weakened condition. Pasuk Gimel 3 Vatem reisem is kola sherasa hashem alokechem lechol hagayim ha'elab mipnechem, ki hashem alokechem hu hanilcham lachem. You have seen all that Hashem your God has done to all these nations because of you. Hashem your God has fought for you. What was Yoshua concerned about? He knew even when they finished conquering the land in Perak Gimel, he was described as Zakem Babayamim. Note that there the Ibn Ezra using a different calculation suggests that he's 103. But bottom line, there was more land to capture. He knew that without finishing the conquest, the nations would be a thorn in the side of the people. Without his presence, the people would view war as formidable. Fighting is hard and tragic, and they might think that it would be simpler, easier, and less taxing to resort to treaties, which ultimately lead to assimilation. He gathered them, as did his mentor Moshe, and even using Moshe's words to assure them that he was not what granted them success, but rather it was Hashem who had saved them with miracles. It was their task to follow in Hashem's ways, and he would be there for the people. Pasuk Dalit 4 Ru'u hi palti lochem es hagoyim hanisharim ha'ela b'nachala lishivtechem. See, I have allotted to you as an inheritance according to your tribes these remaining nations, and all the nations which I have destroyed from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. I have already accomplished my mission to supervise the distribution of the land from the river to the sea. Even the lands that have not yet been conquered have been distributed based on the guarantee of B'nai Yisrael's victory. Pasuk Hei 5 V'ashem alokechem hu yedafei mipnechem v'urisho sami lifnechem v'irashtem es artsam kasher diber Hashem alokechem lachem Hashem your God will push them out because of you and drive them out from before you. You will acquire their land as Hashem your God has told you. The Malbim highlights the distinction between Yedafim and Vehorish, push them out and drive them out. Push them out means to prevent those who fled from the area you conquered from returning, and drive out means to conquer those who have not yet been conquered. Hashem will do this only on the condition that you keep the Torah and its laws. 
Listen to the beginning of Pasuk Vav 6. Vachazaktem me'od lishmar velasos es kol hakasuv besefer Torah's Moshe. Vachazaktem, echoing chazak ve'ematz from the start of Yoshua's leadership. Strengthen yourselves very much to keep and observe all which is written in the book of the Torah of Moshe. Levilti sormi menu yamin usmol so that you do not deviate from it to the right or to the left. Pasuk Zion 7 Levilti vobagayim ha'ela hanisharim ha'ela itchem uveshem elohehem lo taskiru velo sashbiu velo sa'avdum velo sishtachavu lahem Listen to the words as they get progressively worse, says Adah Sofrim, so that you do not come into these nations, these remaining with you. The name of your gods you shall not mention, nor may you cause another to swear by them. Do not serve them, nor bow down to them. Pasuk Ches 8. Ki im bahashem elokechem tidbaku, kasher ad hayom hazeh. Only to Hashem, your God, shall you cling, as you have done to this day. The Ramban in Devarim states that in the desert, when miracles were obvious, man, be'er, clothing that grew with them, it was easy to cleave to Hashem, like a small child to a parent. But once the people are in the land, and life follows its natural course, it's more of a challenge. And keeping with the metaphor, it may be harder for children to recognize that their parents are still invested in their lives when they are no longer in their house. The Mishpitzos Zahav points out that Elohim in Gematria equals Hateva, the nature or natural. It's our task, our mission to find God in the natural world, recognizing Hashem's presence in our day-to-day lives and the big things and the small things creates connection and an attachment in the most spiritually healthy way. We're promised in Pasuk Yud 10, Ishechad Mikem Yerdaf Aleph, that one man of yours, either in the past or in the future, will chase a thousand, like it speaks about in Sefer Devarim. But cautions Yehoshua, Pasuk Yud Aleph 11, V'nishmartem Ma'od L'nafsho Sechem. We must take great caution to protect our souls. And how do we do this? To love Hashem, your God. Protect yourself, says the Mayam Loes, by assuring that you are serving Hashem from Ahava, love. And be sure, says the Abarbanel, that your love is directed solely and solely towards Hashem. Why? Yoshua is painfully aware of the reality. While there is an advantage, as described in Devarim 7.22, of conquering the nation slowly, so as not to let the land be unpopulated and overrun by wild animals, there is also a danger in having remnants or pockets of the seven nations in their midst. By virtue of their presence, there would be a connection. Note the word used in Pasuk Yud Beis, 12. Ki im shov tashuvu udivatem beyeser hagayim haela, hanish arim haela itchem. For if you shall turn away and cling to these remaining nations, these remaining with you, vehis chantantem bahem uvasem bahem vehem bahem, then you will intermarry with them and mingle with them and they with you. Note the word udivatem, you will cling. 
If you don't cling to Hashem, as stated in Pasuk Ches, you will cling to the remaining nations. Therefore, Yoshua is strident in his messaging, assuring the people that Hashem will be with them if they are with Hashem. But if they will not be with Hashem, just like he brought all the goodness, he will deliver all the pain and suffering upon them. It is interesting to note that the word tov or tova appears five times from Sukkim Yud Gimel to Tazayin, and only three other times in the Sefer. Yoshua describes the land of Israel as Adamatova, Haadamatova, Haeretatova, Hadivarim Hatovim, Hadavar Hatov, emphasizing to the people the exceptional land and the overall goodness which Hashem has given us. In Hebrew, the root of the word can shed insight on what is seemingly simple or straightforward. The root, tes vav beiz, means to prepare something to receive. The classic example is hatavas haneros, preparing the wicks of the candles or lamps in the Beis Hamikdash to be lit by the Kohen. Hashem prepared the land of Israel for the Jewish people to actualize both its potential and their potential, to accentuate the goodness that Hashem bestowed on his people and on his land. The phrase Eretz Tova should sound familiar to us. The Gemara in Brachos Nunches Amud Beis discusses the origin of the Brachos in Berkas Hamazon and shares that Yehoshua tikain lahem birchas haaretz kevan shenichnesu laaretz. Yehoshua composed the blessing on the land for them when they went into the land of Israel. He uses the word tova twice in the bracha. Nodelcha Hashem elokenu al shehinchalta lavosenu eretz chemda tova urechava. We thank you, Hashem, our God, for having given heritage to our fathers for a lovely, good, and spacious land. And then at the closing, Al Ha'aretz HaTova Asher Nasan Lach, for the good land he gave you. Let us for a moment highlight the sequence of the brachos of benching to understand the message of Yahushua. First, we recite the bracha of Hazan, composed by Moshe to recognize the gift of the man, followed by Yahushua's expression of gratitude, to thank Hashem for the land of Israel and all of its bounty, followed by the bracha written by kings David and Shlomo about Yerushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash. Rav Kook points out the trajectory of the brachos, the expression of gratitude by the individual for his portion, the man, recognition of the centrality of the physical land and its blessings to the nation as a whole, and then finally the acknowledgement of the spiritual epicenter of our people. Each time we say the bracha of Nodeh, let's think about Yehoshua and strengthen our connection to our land, understand its role in our connection to Hashem, our people, and our spiritual values. Pasuk Tezayin 16 Ba'avrachem esbris Hashem elokechem asher tziva eschem, ba'halachtem va'avadetem Elohim acheirim v'ishtachavisem lahem. If you break the covenant of Hashem your God, which he has commanded you, and you will go and serve gods of others and bow down to them,
the wrath of Hashem will burn against you and you will quickly perish from the good land which he has given you. Yoshua invokes Moshe's words, language we are very familiar with, ominous words of the second paragraph of Shema. While the first paragraph of Shema details how and where to love Hashem, as we spoke about the other day, the second paragraph sharpens the directive. What happens if you do, and what happens if you don't? Yoshua returns to this straightforward formula. In an ideal world, everyone follows the rules, like a mother lovingly sharing her expectations. But we all know the reality that consequences are what push us in one direction or another. If you don't follow Hashem's words and ways, here is what will happen. Hashem's anger will burn, and you will no longer be able to remain in the land, the good land that Hashem has given you. Giving the people the confidence to go forward without Him, Yoshua also cautions them. Not eradicating the seven nations comes at great risk. Both physical and spiritual dangers lurk. Following Hashem's ways, you will find the greatest of success. But if you don't, and you worship other gods, you will be lost from the Eretz Hatova, the good land which He has given you. Thank you for studying together, Li'ilui Nishmot. Imotenu Hayikarot, Esther Oppenheimer, Allah Shalom, and Sarah Shanker, Allah Shalom, each deeply devoted and proud to transmit their family's Torah legacy to the next generations.